Thank you so much for playing for us. So the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It's a stunning climax. Um, seems odd to describe it as a climax when it comes right at the very beginning of John's Gospel account. But in a sense, so much has been said in that very first paragraph uh, that these words do function as something of a, of a climax uh, to what John has led up to at this point. But what does it mean? In what sense has the light shone? In what sense has the darkness been overcome? Uh, light, of course, does uh, very many different things, doesn't it? Light brings understanding. Uh, when I was at school, we had a, a slightly eccentric maths teacher uh, who, whenever he was about to explain something complicated, would flick on the, the, the blackboard light and say, let's shed a bit of light on the matter. He seemed to think it was very funny, but once he'd said it sort of time and time and time again, uh, we tired of it. But he was right. Light brings understanding. To be in the dark is to be without understanding, to lack knowledge. Uh, but then light also uh, shows us the way. To be in utter darkness, pitch black darkness, darkness so deep that you can't see the hand in front of your face, is to be paralyzed. How can you move when you can't see the ground in front of your feet? But if a light illuminates it, then you can see the path, see the way, begin to move. Uh, and light also brings life. Without light, things can't live. Plants shrivel and die. Uh, but light, uh, that brings life. In so many different ways, we need the gift of light. And at the very start of this gospel account, that is the, that's the gift that John places in front of us, the gift of light. Uh, listen again to these stunning opening sentences. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Just notice, uh, maybe just a couple of the many extraordinary things that are being said in these opening words. First, that in the beginning was the Word. The Word is John's shorthand for Jesus. I think he uses it to, to, to remind us, to somehow alert us to the fact that there is so much more to Jesus than we may first realize. And in saying that in the beginning was the Word, John shows us that this Jesus has always been that there never was a time, not even at the very beginning when Jesus was not. 
which indicates to us that, to our astonishment, no new person was formed in Mary's womb. Rather, one who had always been simply took up residence there. The word now in human form. And of course, there's nothing simple about that event. As we contemplate the idea of, of an eternal word that has become an embryo, a, a fetus, a baby. We rightly marvel at that extraordinary process of development. One of the many miraculous and, and astonishing things in our world. But, but actually this meeting, this encounter with Jesus isn't confronting us with, with part of, of our world, glorious as it might be. No, this confrontation is with one who comes from beyond, one who comes from outside, one who has invaded our world, that we might encounter the very one who began it. For John tells us that this Jesus was the one through whom all things were made. Nothing was made except through him. Which means that the manger in which they laid him, well, that was constructed from wood, taken from trees that he had brought into being. The straw on which the baby's head was laid came about from plants that he had cause to grow. Even the breast from which he suckled, the, the womb in which he grew, the woman who labored and gave him birth, were all brought into being, all his creation. In the beginning, was the word. Uh, but John has more for us. The word, he tells us, was with God. Uh, the, the language here suggests uh, being near to God, face to face with God, in the closest possible relationship with God. So uh, are we to understand from this then that, that in some sense the word was separate from God? distinct from God, different, in some way distinguished from God himself. It sounds like it, but, but no, not quite. For no sooner has John told us that the Word was with God, John also wants us to know that the Word was God. And John's not trying to confuse us. Now, all he's doing here really is alerting us again to the fact that we encounter things that surpass us, that our finite minds will never grasp the realities of an infinite God. Yet, yet even though that's so, even though God does and must surpass us, God also truly reveals himself it is possible for us to know true things about him because 
of all that Jesus has made known to us. And one of those things is the eternal existence of love. Do, do, do you see that? If the creator God were, were simple and solitary, if, if that were what God were like, then, then actually love could only begin to exist at the point that he created something or someone that he could love. But that's not the way that God is. God isn't solitary. No, in Jesus appearing and teaching, we discover that God is one God in three persons, which means that love has always been, that love is eternal, always present in the relational beauty of the Godhead. Father loving Son, Son loving Father, and both loving God the Holy Spirit as well. Love eternally exists. It exists in Him. It didn't only begin to exist when He brought us into being. And John wants us to understand that this love, caught up within the Godhead Himself, is the animating force of life. And it's the life that Jesus brings, a light which comes from him and to us. Not a light that we create, not a light that we empower, but this life that is the light of all mankind is his gift to us. In all sorts of ways, that, that makes what Jesus has come to show us and to tell us, so very different from the religions and philosophies that we encounter, who will invariably tell us where we must go or what we must do in order to find life. So we're given tasks. We're given actions that we must perform as if we would be travellers on, on a journey, um, setting out and hoping that at the end of the journey we will encounter the God that has been promised. Now, there are many religions that do that. But Jesus here announces something completely different. Jesus, the eternal word, doesn't give us instructions about a place to go or things to do. No, this Jesus just gives us himself. He says, come to me and you will find life. Receive me and you will have received life. For, Jesus says, life is in me. In Jesus, God gives us himself. That's the stunning message of the baby in the manger. A stunning message that through Jesus we could be drawn even into that eternal love of the Godhead itself. No wonder this is light shining into our darkness.